What's up, everybody? We're back. Another episode of Double Coverage uh, with the McCordy Twins. As you guys can see, uh, different backgrounds. I'm here in Nashville uh, for a little while. Uh, Dev's back up in Foxborough. So uh, a change of scene. I got to start off. You're going to hear a beeping noise. That is my smoke detector. It is in the living room where there's a the one high ceiling in the whole house. I can't reach it. Um, so we'll get that done tomorrow, Monday. But so right now when you hear the beep, just know it's not your house. It's my house. You're doing all right. And just so and I'm and I'm in the living room kind of area. So uh, expect heavy kid flow tonight. Uh, we don't have much room to to uh, separate here tonight. So uh, just to get all that out of the way, we're, yeah. you're good to go now. Dan. Those those are the Wi-Fi issues. You know, you got to stay close to them. as you drink your wine during the wind down. Got to Nashville yesterday. Uh, I do not have uh, any wine amongst a lot of other things. We haven't really been in this house in the last two years. Uh, so we're prepping it to uh, sell it. A lot, uh, not a lot going on. But as you guys know, double coverage with the McCordy Twins. You can find our podcast on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, all those cool podcast channels. All you have to do is search double coverage with the McCordy Twins. And as you guys know, we bring this podcast to you every week via the fan credit app. If you guys want to get a chance to come on and be side by side with us and be able to ask your question, talk to us, all of that, all you got to do is download the fan credit app. You sign up. Once you sign up, you'll see the on-air section. You'll see our podcast, and you click the green button, get in line. You'll go backstage, and then you'll be up front with me and Deb and a chance to ask a question. So there goes my spiel uh, to begin with. What are we jumping into? Was that was that a kid I heard in the background crying? I think, I think so. But right now I'm off duty. It's their mama's job uh, to deal with them. So it's been rough for them, though. We're here in Nashville. They don't have uh, anything to do. Um, earlier we had a ball here, so I just made all three of them go outside and figure out a game to play with the ball. So they're doing all right, though. Uh, let's get into the uh, NBA. What are your thoughts, process, thoughts on what's going on with the NBA? Some players saying, like, hey, Let's get out there. I saw Austin Rivers said some good stuff uh, about getting out there, uh, playing, having a chance to talk about different issues in our country that they see, a chance to make money, to be able to donate towards those issues. Uh, what are your thoughts on some guys are saying, hey, we should play. Some guys are saying, no, nah, there's bigger things going on in our country right now. Oh, that's interesting, man. You know, I had conversations uh, and one of the group chats you're in. I actually had like an hour and a half, two-hour FaceTime call uh, with two of my good friends, uh, Marquise Cole and Marcus Forston, uh, who I played with in New England. And we just kind of went back and forth of, um, you know, he's talking about he he doesn't want the distraction. He doesn't want when the game comes on, people want that distraction to get away. Um, and my man Fort is a cop. And he was like, that distraction would be good for me right now. He's a cop in Atlanta dealing with a lot. Um, he said some basketball would be good for him to turn it, tune in and watch um, because of everything he's dealing with in the streets. Um, talking to people. Um, he's a guy who, who's from Miami, Florida, who got into policing um, for the reason of connecting with the community and doing different things that he's been doing. But these times have just been so challenging. Um, talking to him has, has you know, definitely been uh, a helpful, helpful for me and uh, for him just trying to relieve some of that stress. So um, I'm up in the air, man. I see some pluses and I see some negatives. Uh, either way you go, I kind of understand playing and using that platform, but also understand not playing and saying, hey, like, we're not running from this. This is in your face. Um, this is our issues. Let's deal with them. So I get it, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, 
We're going to touch on that a little bit more. But we have our first guest uh, here, Junior Gallette. Uh, background on Junior, we all played together in high school uh, from the same town, same county, and all of that. Uh, junior guy who played in the league, was a captain for the Saints, uh, played for the Redskins as well. So uh, NFL veteran who's a free agent right now. And we wanted to bring our guy, Junior Gillette, on the show, uh, another Rockland County uh, native. So uh, Junior's backstage. We'll wait for him to get up here. This is like this is like special, special guests. You don't always get to bring in people from your same hometown, a year younger than you in high school, uh, kind of did all the same things you did. Went to Temple, then went to Stillman College out in Alabama. Uh, we were actually at the Combine together back in 2010, uh, where he absolutely killed the Combine and uh, ended up getting picked up by the Saints. So uh, it's just been a cool, it's been cool to watch his journey um, and everything he's done in the league. And he has a, a pretty unique story that, you know, we'll get into um, as he fights to try to get back in the league and uh, and back onto a roster. Yeah, uh, just checking out to see if we got any technical difficulties uh, getting, them, getting them on here. Um, but just, uh, I guess, as we wait for him uh, to pop up on our screen, uh, as you were saying, um, I think the same thing for you. Um, I get I get both sides of it. And I think initially when I heard it, I, I, I thought Austin Rivers was spot on. And I was just like, um, he talked about, obviously, I saw Kyrie Irving and said he had a lot. He talked a lot on their phone call with the players about the opportunity they had. And Austin Rivers alluded to the fact that a lot of guys that are playing in the NBA haven't earned the type of money that Kyrie uh, Irving has earned. And a lot of those guys, they need and they're looking forward uh, to those checks, not only for themselves, but family members. And we know how all of that goes. So at first, those are my first thought process. Guys want to play basketball. It's an opportunity to use your platform. Uh, to leverage the things that you want to leverage. It's an opportunity to donate that money. Uh, and it's an opportunity to continue to chase a dream that you've had probably for your entire life. Uh, and then I, I also thought about the impact of not playing. Uh, I thought about just from a, uh, you think about just sports in general, the major sports. Could you imagine in football, if training camp rolled around and everybody was just like, we're not going. And I thought about that. It was just like, I mean, that would be major. But I think in doing so, you'd have to have a plan of action. All right, what are some, why are we doing this and what are we trying to get from it? And I think that would be a very unique thing from a league standpoint uh, if they're able to do it. And what Austin River said is very important. It's, it's twofold. Uh, majority of the players in the NBA are black players and um, they're in a profession where a lot of young kids look up to them and it creates a distraction from kids to keep them off the street and gives them hope for the future. And at the same time, the league is made up of majority black players and those are the same people that we keep turning the TV on and seeing being gunned down. So those are the same issues uh, that we're talking about. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with it. And I thought it was interesting because, you know, some of those guys have enormous platforms, whether there's games or there's not games. But for some of those other guys, the games are is really what gives you that platform. And that's huge for them. So, um, you know, I think that's the tough thing. Like I know for even guys like us who uh, are, you know, 10 plus year veterans, but like having that platform of games and stuff gives you a, a way of, oh, there he goes. What's happening? Oh, he might be me, Look at him. <laughs> I knew there was going to be jokes about the suit, but uh, I got a meeting uh, that I got to attend to later. But uh, appreciate you guys for having me, man. Uh, I know uh, we don't get a chance to, you know, talk this often, but Again, um, I heard the rollout. You guys rolled out the, the red carpet for me earlier. So, uh, 
But um, to harp on everything that you guys been saying is um, as far as uh, in introduction to me is uh, uh, my name is Junior Gallette, and uh, you know, uh, my situation was you know I was born in Haiti, uh, came here nine years old, and uh, you know when I first came here, the you know first time I had to actually deal with adversity was learning how to speak the language, and uh, you know I immediately realized that at school that it was going to be a little, you know, a different from, uh, 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 as you know, Haiti's like 99% black. So, you know, it, it wasn't until, you know, in fourth grade, nine years old, I'm in ESL, which is uh, English second language for people who don't know, where it's basically 30 kids that speak practically, you know, 30 different languages trying to learn one language. You know, it's like, how am I going to learn how to speak English with, you know, uh, so many different languages in here? So, this Russian girl had been poking at me like, you know, all week, just calling me the N-word, N-word. And a teacher realized, was like, stood both of us up and then basically uh, educated us and gave us the background and uh, basically told us the negative connotation on the N-word. The whole time, I thought she was trying to flirt with me. I had no idea. So uh, she finally told us, this, uh, stood us up and actually grasp into her own hands to actually teach us about, you know, the civil rights movement and a lot of stuff that I wasn't, you know, educated on being born in Haiti. So it was kind of new to me, but that was kind of like my first interaction with just like, you know, just uh, feeling like, uh, you know, her demeaning me and just kind of, um, just kind of feeling down, you know, and then just below or, or inferior to, to, you know, the white race. So, uh, but moving forward, I, I'm uh, to meeting you guys. I remember it was about eighth grade where I was playing at the Salvation Army, which is basically my backyard. Uh, as you guys are from, you know, uh, 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 across town. And uh, I'm at the Salvation Army every day, you know, basically. And everyone knows me in the Salvation Army. And at that time, I'm in eighth grade. People know, like, that's basically my gym. I'm the best one in there. And I remember you guys walking in there and everybody making a hoopla, like, oh, the twins are in here. I'm like, so what? So we end up we end up playing a game to like sixteen, where you guys are one team uh, uh, and I'm on the other team. That game, I tell people this story every time they ask me about the McCordy twins. I'm like that game went to like twenty six because I, I just didn't want to lose, and I ended up losing. I was so mad. <laughs> I just remember being that I was just like, why is he so angry? He just plays so mean, like. But I appreciated it as we got to know you, knowing a little bit more about your story. Uh, you've just always been that determined kid to just go get it. Yeah, and uh, from my standpoint, all my friends never really even saw me kind of rise to the occasion. But I think you guys, that was the first time I actually, like, rise to the occasion and felt like there are others out there, like, just as athletic as I am or even more. You know, so I got to work way harder in uh, um, moving forward. Obviously, I transferred to St. Joe's, uh, the private school in New Jersey with you guys. And a lot of people at that time were kind of, you know, a lot of kids, I'd say, were kind of all boys school. But it turned out to be the best thing for us. Um, we went to a powerhouse school and you guys basically set the standard um, as, you know, you guys won the uh, we won seven state straight tip state championships in a row and set the national record, you know, and it's like a lot of people, you know, uh, recognize that that uh, we had a lot of success 
early on in our careers and a lot of kids we paved the way for a lot of them and you guys basically were the ones that kind of you know set the president for what it meant to be a student athlete and actually pursue your dreams after college so it, it's amazing to um have you guys an inspiration um as uh jay was saying uh you know at the combine again we had met again um moving forward i went on to the saints and uh was an undrafted free agent i remember uh, uh Devin went first round and I can't remember you guys had called me like the day of like you know the uh, the whole draft process I had signed with the Saints and Dev I think called me he's like congratulations for signing to the Saints and I was like congratulations for what I'm an undrafted free agent <laughs> you were first round <laughs> but it's always cool you know like like you said we met in eighth and ninth grade like that's awesome to fast forward you know five, 10 years, and, like, we about to ball be in the NFL. So, uh, and, I mean, you crushed it. I remember going against you in training camp in the offensive line, man. I'm the only one talking to you on our team. And they're like, yo, what's wrong with this dude? I was like, bro, he he, he coming from the mud, yeah. undrafted. Yeah. He trying to make the team. Yeah, so um, I kept that same passion, as you said, from all the way back to eighth grade that um, we recognized we all had. Um, you know, went on to the Saints and had plenty of success where um, – you know, I was elected as a team captain uh, by the players, as you know, um, and even was even rewarded in the same week as with like a $48 million deal. But uh, it turned out about four months into that, you know, I went from being just like a hero, a feel good story to like just a complete, you know, villain. And uh, I feel like uh, the the first part of that in 2015 was, uh, you know, the the the, the the arrest I had at my house where I had a guest, a lady guest at my house where, you know, uh, long story short, uh, you know, police were called to my house and I had four people there, Anthony Furlow, rest in peace. He was one of the guys that was at the house who was a witness. Um, he went to St. Joseph's with uh, all of us and was, uh, you know, you guys can attest to how good he was in high school. Unbelievable town. Yeah. So um, he was also at the house uh, and uh, the police officers questioned all of them. And they all said, you know, you know, this, this is basically a shakedown and extortion. And the whole time I'm pleading my case, the police officer tells me, you know, we have, I have to arrest someone. And at the time, I even called the security, the head security guy uh, for the Saints, like, hey, what's going on? This girl's, you know, trying to extort me. Um, and, you know, gets on the phone with the police officer. He's like, hey, you can't arrest them. You have no right. You know, there's witnesses there. Uh, long story short, I was arrested. So in the public opinion, you know, in the, in the court of public opinion, I was guilty. But later on, I was later, you know, I was exonerated from all those charges. And, you know, a lot of people don't know that, but that's that's what I mean by, uh, you know, the, the league didn't do their due process and just suspended me two games. And that's not something I can get back. But I was later on exonerated from those charges. It even went, you know, in front of a grand jury. At first, she was requesting $2 million. I said no. And then the day of uh, the hearing, we basically had a, uh, she requested 50 grand. And I still said no. I don't understand, you know, you know how much that means that uh, you see a lot of guys who end up settling and have issues like this and just settle to kind of get their name out the clear. But there's like a stain on their name and I just didn't want a part of that. Uh, so I went in front of a grand jury and I was exonerated from all the criminal charges. Um, and uh, what would your, 
like going through that process, uh, what would be your piece of advice to like a young guy coming up, whether it's NFL, whether it's a major sports, or whether it's just a young guy who's getting into business or anything of that nature? Because like you just said, in the opinion of the public, no one really cares whether, all right, did he actually do it? Did he not do it? What, what advice would you give to that young guy coming up to try to avoid that whole situation if possible? Well, at first, I mean, you got to put yourself in, uh, uh, surround yourself with better people, better quality of people. And I feel like it's a tough experience. It happens to, you know, billionaires. You know, a lot of people kind of get, you're targeted, especially, you know, how much more times are we likely to be targeted being successful and being, you know, want to be around, you know, uh, people that look like us and we're, you know, how much of a target we are. But, uh, you know, I tell the guys coming up, definitely stay off social media uh, and uh, just kind of just, you know, surround yourself with better people. And uh, because you can be a target and uh, you can just turn out in a situation uh, like like I was in where I was a team captain on a 48-minute deal and then the Saints ended up releasing me from that. And like, the whole time I was pleading my case like, hey, I'm innocent here, but it was way too late for them to say, you know, we're going to resign. They released me. I'm gone. Yeah. And I'm on another team and just like I got to basically repaint this image of like this guy that I know I am. I was went from team captain to just, you know, was vilified, but went on to Washington uh, to uh, run into a more unfortunate uh, series of events where I tore my Achilles in back-to-back seasons before I even played a snap, you know, uh, uh, during the season. Uh, so, and a lot of people just thought like, oh, he's going to hang it up because, uh, you know, a lot of guys don't come back from that kind of injury from back-to-back Achilles. Uh, I came back in 2017 for the Redskins, performed, performed exceptionally well for the role I was given and uh, limited playing time and uh, was ranked as a, you know, top 10 PFF, uh, as far as pressure rates, was top 10 in the PFF rankings and was also a top six signing for, you know, the PFF rankings that a lot of the NFL teams use. And uh, at that time I had, you know, uh, you know, all the insight, you know, communicating with the, you know, with Sean McVay with LA and the Rams and um, Bill Johnson, who was my position coach in New Orleans and also Joe Barry, who was, uh, the linebackers coach, I think he's the coordinator now for the Rams. Um, he was a linebackers coach at the time. They all knew me fairly well, and uh, I was pretty much on board to go sign over there. So, But uh, I was still entertaining the offer from the Redskins. They had made me a two-year uh, a two-year deal, which had a $500,000 signing bonus. And at the time, I just felt like uh, seeing, you know, uh, my – white colleague come off a torn ACL and receive a five point, you know, five plus million dollars signing bonus. I just was like, wait, what's going on? My resume, you know, I, I was just, you know, I, I'm an elite player, you know, and it's, it says here that my numbers justify that. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I guess I wasn't really tone deaf in the words that I use to portray that it was basically inequality in the workplace when I, you know, had mentioned uh, uh, in comparison to my deal with, uh, uh, you know, my white colleagues deal, it just felt unfair for him coming off a joint ACL. But uh, moving forward, I even went on to a visit to LA. You understand? They were so excited, had me in a group chat 
with them and uh everybody's like we're fired up and i even tell you know sean like hey you know you're going to be the youngest coach to win the super bowl with me on the team something in that you know regards and he's like yeah we're all fired up to have you here man you know we can't wait for you to get here and i'm in a process where the coach is asking me which number i want i'm in a locker room after i pass my visit for the rams i'm in the locker room putting my cleats on to go work out and an entry-level staff member tells me that the workout's canceled. I'm like, what? What are you? What are you talking about? And then speaking to coaches for months, weeks, you know, it's, what are you talking about? This is the dream. I know the Rams are going to the Super Bowl. I, I had already called it. I have, you know, proof that I, I, I called it literally. And turns out they end up going to the Super Bowl to play you guys. <laughs> so, you see what I'm saying? Like, what a dream! I feel like was just like stolen from me. You know. And uh, uh, the, 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 the play against you guys in the Super Bowl, I was like, I'm going to strike. I'm going to get them back from that eighth grade game, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm in the process of uh, lacing up my cleats and, and you know, tell me workouts canceled. And I'm like, what? I'm confused and just befuddled. And, you know, I'm headed back to the hotel and the only explanation I got was it is out of our control and uh, Junior Gallet passed a physical. That's what uh, 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 the head coach had. Junior Gallet passed the physicals, but we didn't sign him for reasons we will keep inside. And, I, you know, at this point, I just feel like I just need some type of explanation, you know, to this day where I feel like I'm being I, – I know that I'm being blackballed for, um, you know, because I spoke directly to him and the, the words that he communicated with me were – you know, he's very sorry that this is happening to me. I just kind of felt like, you know, how down he was about just what would happen. And it was basically really, you know, out of out his out of his control, you know, it felt like. And uh, I kind of felt like he was genuine, but at the same time, it was like, hey, someone is being done wrong here. And uh, it gets even worse. I get a call from a Seattle coach that tells me, hey, we're excited, man. You're in the West Coast. Don't sign with LA. Come over here for a visit before you do anything. Just listen to what we have to offer. They don't even know that, you know, the Rams is kind of, I, I don't know what happened with, with that. Obviously, I, I got blackballed with the with the Rams. I get on a flight. They, they fly me out to Seattle, and the same exact thing happens. As I'm putting my cleats on, they tell me the workout has been canceled. So at this point, I had new, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm, something fishy's going on, but you know, you see me talking about it today because I still really believe that I can overcome that, you know, overcome. I, I feel like someone would give me a chance. How long, you know, have I been contacting you guys for some help, you know? <laughs> and, and to this day, you know, um, I'm still finding the best shape of my life and ready to prove that I'm an elite, uh, you know, defensive player in the league and just need the right opportunity. I'm, I'm willing to come in for vets minimum, uh, and help and still haven't been given that chance. I wrote the letter to Goodell and still no response. And so here we are. So I would ask in an ideal world, uh, what will happen next for you? What team do you think would be a good fit for you to come in and, and training camp and get an opportunity to play? Uh, what would you see happening for you next? Oh, well, I mean, obviously I wrote the letter and I feel like these two years, I can't get that back. You know, the trajectory of where my where I would be in my life or my career, you know, had I just, you know, played those two years. And it's like, I need some type of explanation to what kind of happened. 
And, uh, you know, that has to happen, that dialogue with um, Goodell and um, him kind of explaining what's going on in our workplace. And um, but um, a great uh, deal thing that could also happen. The next step after which you uh, to answer what you asked me is, of course, being signed. Uh, I could I could play, you know, three, four or four, three. It doesn't matter schematically. I've uh, have experience in both defenses. Uh, and obviously, as you guys know, that we haven't had a, you know, regular offseason. It's kind of advantageous for me as a vet to come in where I can actually help the younger guys and uh, kind of tell them what to expect as I've, you know, had uh, 80 uh, career games under my belt. No, definitely. Uh, no, go ahead, Dad. No, no, I was going to let you go. I went last, huh? Yeah, uh, no, I appreciate your story. And um, it's crazy. Like, I was talking to you the other day, and as you are explaining it to me, I've never heard uh, anything like it. Uh, I'm hopeful that from you, and I've never read it anywhere. Uh, so I'm hoping from this uh, that word gets out there and you get at least an answer because to be on a visit, and I've never heard of a guy's visit getting canceled. Um, so I, I, I don't even have an answer for that. Uh, but I do think one of the main things you said is like you, like you had to get it in the mud. Like you said, came from Haiti, undrafted, made it all the way to captaincy, and got the big deal. And uh, that's a blessing in itself. And I think for anybody watching, how you just talked about earlier was keeping the right people around you. And then you also mentioned that, but it still can happen to anyone. So uh, I appreciate that. And I think for the guys listening, it's an important story here because you hear people talk about it but you're actually living it. And like you just said, you're a hell of a player. You have been one, and that's what enabled you to become an NFL veteran and a team to keep you on after two torn Achilles and a testament to how hard you worked and what they thought they could get out of you on the field. So I'm definitely praying for you. And um, hopefully this podcast gets the story out there and we're doing everything we can to help you move forward with it. No, I really appreciate you guys having me. Um, as you know, before I told you that, I've been, you know, in talks with you guys like, hey, man, what's going on? Can you help me out? And it's just like I feel like I've obviously been blackballed with a player of my caliber uh, uh, to not be out. Um, again, I told you it was on that list of that, the top ten guys, and I had realized, like, I'm the only one on that list that hasn't played in the last two years. Most of the guys either got, you know, a new contract or still balling for their teams. And a lot of my peers are like, you know, just like, hey, what's going on? How are you not playing right now? They're now like kind of getting aware that I have not been playing, you know, and exactly what happened to me because I now want to speak about it and feel like it is, uh, you know, good timing because I just, you know, have been fighting for two years, been in the best shape of my life and still am in the best shape of my life to, you know, do, you know, uh, live out my dreams, you know, work so hard. And you guys can attest to it. You guys already have. But um, again, I appreciate you guys for even having me on board to, you know, share this platform. I'm very grateful and I appreciate you guys just having that much success in your career and pray that you guys have continuing success for, you know, because it means a lot to guys like me and even younger kids growing up in our communities all across, uh, you know, all across the world, you know, because you guys set the example for how to be a professional. And I'm, I'm putting it right here, putting it in the universe. Speak it into existence. You'll be on a team in 2020, man. Uh, hopefully you play against us and we smack y'all. Um, but as you in the league, I'm going to love to see that happen, man. If I had signed with the Rams, I'm telling you. 
<laughs> Jay would not have a Super Bowl. Right <laughs> they need they needed some more help on offense. I don't know if he was gonna provide that. They had Sue playing in on the edge. <laughs> That's how I know. I was like, look at this. This is a direct effect of me not being signed, but whatever, man. No doubt, man. Hey, praying for the future for you, bro. Appreciate you stopping by. Hey, appreciate you guys for having me, man. God bless you guys. Uh, you know, uh I'm uh, I'm gonna keep you guys in my praise as always, man. Go get another one. Yes, sir, bro. We'll holler at you. That was fun times, man. A little throwback. We was we were feeling at that same exact story he's talking about. Junior was so angry. He's always I've always appreciated his energy. He's always fired up. Uh, and like he said, extremely hard worker uh, for you guys. He has a, a he wrote a letter to the commissioner. Um, it's on his uh, Twitter and all of that. Um, so you guys saw we posted it on Instagram. Uh, you guys can go check it out and read a little bit more uh, about his story. Now he was transparent that he's gone through adversity. Um, he said he was on top at the Saints. He went through some things. Uh, so it's a part of the process. He went through some things, and now he's trying to get his way back in the league. So hopefully. Um, he can he can find a way back to get an opportunity. And just to remind you guys, uh, fan credit app, get the app once you log on, on air, double coverage, and then the green fan line button to be able to ask us a question. Uh, we have another guest coming up, uh, a former teammate of mine. We played together in Tennessee and then played against him uh, the last two years as uh, he plays for, he played for the, um, what's that green team in New York there? Played for the New York Jets, man. Yeah, the New York Jets. Uh, Brandon Copeland. Uh, so we're gonna bring him on now. Now he's a teammate. We can have him on. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. Bring it full circle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, some for me. How you doing, man? How's the quarantine and all? Of how's life been? I'm I'm good, man. I can't complain. You know, getting extra family time, getting to catch up with the family and all of that type of stuff, make the most out of the opportunity. So cannot complain, man. How y'all doing? Hey, same same thing, man. Dealing with all these kids. You only got one, so you're not you're not getting, you're not trampled like we are. But <laughs> yeah, man, we we he's growing fast, but but yeah, I don't know how you do it with multiple. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those who not, for those who don't know you that well, especially we usually get New England people, just let us know a little bit about your football journey that has kind of put you now in New England. Yeah, yeah. So Brandon Copeland, uh, people call me Cope, going into my eighth season in the NFL. It's been like the stock market. It's been a roller coaster ride the entire time, uh, I'd say. Uh, but but especially initially coming out, you know, first year, undrafted free agent. I went to the University of Pennsylvania, uh, undrafted free agent out of there. Been a D-line in my entire life, literally my entire life since fourth grade hand in the dirt, three-point stance going forward. Then I get uh, signed to the Baltimore Ravens uh, the year after they won the Super Bowl 20, in, in 2013. And they say, hey, we're going to switch you to linebacker. And not just, you know, I'm thinking, okay, outside linebacker, you know, I'm trying to trim up, get some abs. Uh, <laughs> now nah, they said middle linebacker. I said, hold up, hold up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know this stuff, man. What you talking about, right? So, uh, you know, Made it, made it work, man. Hustled, hustled, hustled. Tried to learn the playbook. I remember being on the field. You know, I'm, I'm a lot better now, so I hope y'all don't, you know. A-Mac is playing with me. D-Mac, don't, don't get nervous out there when I'm out there, right? But, but I remember rookie year, you know, trying to do hook curl drops, cover threes, all of that type of stuff. And literally, I was thinking about the, the little 
color bubble on Madden. Like, okay, I got to get to this this spot, right? I didn't know who to relate to, all of that type of stuff. So, but but just put in the extra time, put in the extra work to just learn, learn, learn as much as possible. Uh, made plays at the right time, you know, and, and just stay versatile. Uh, being able to, you know, pop in at any position without practice and, and just make it happen, make plays. Uh, kept me around in, in Baltimore, you know, and then in the middle of that season, week four actually got released from the Ravens and then went. Uh, and that's when when I met you a couple weeks later, Jay Mack and went out to Tennessee. You know, uh, I would say I was a real leader of that team. You know, I think I was pretty much an unsung hero. You know, <laughs> so it didn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they, they might not even remember I even played there. Uh, but P Squad just working my tail off, uh, just trying to you know earn every single week, earn every single day. But I think the biggest thing that was first year practice squad and 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 you know the entire season. Next season I go into it and I'm like you know hey if I've been practice squad I got my foot in the door, undrafted free agent from my Ivy League school, which is a negative uh, in the NFL, probably nowhere else but the NFL. Uh, you know, I figured I'd at least have a chance. I know what to expect. I'm not switching to middle linebacker. Now I'm going to outside linebacker. Let's make this happen. And then uh, a couple weeks in, uh, Ray Horton and uh, the, the D coordinator, not out, not just him, but but a couple weeks into being on the practice squad, I, I, I got released and, and sat out the rest of the season. I thought it was going to be a time where it would be similar to the previous season where a couple weeks out, get another shot. However, it didn't come, but I just remember the entire time just staying focused, staying in shape. I remember Sunday night football, Monday night football, literally on the treadmill, just watching it and just pissed off and just trying to figure out a way. I'm going to be ready when I get my shot, when I get my workout, et cetera. Um, fortunately, don't get a shot. Go to January 1st of 2015, and I tell myself, and, you know, I think a lot of guys go through this is, is you know, at a certain point, you have to provide for your family. At that time, you know, it was just me as a you know single man. You know, I didn't have a, a wife, a child, or anything like that. But, you know, you still want to start building that life and that, you know, career or whatever it is for yourself. And, and I've seen people get caught in a trap, so to speak. Well, I view it as a trap. I don't want to necessarily put a negative tone on it. But uh, where they're 30-some years old and, and still, you know, never had their shot in it, facing it and you know not even in a different league but they're just still working out for it and, and I was like I can't put life on pause for football right I have to work to something so I gave myself a year told myself I'll do whatever I have to do to try to get back into the league and I you know I had to humble myself uh signed up to go play arena football literally was down there for three days and I got an invite to the veterans combine the way that God works I'm a big believer in Christ uh, it was the only year that they ever had the veteran combine. Literally, they'd never had it before, hadn't had it after. I did not get invited. But I literally, the initial invite, I didn't get invited. It was like 2,000 guys applied. They only took 100. It was like Brady Quinn, uh, guys who had had a shot in the league and were out. I get down to my place in arena football, uh, literally move into my place in Orlando, and then I, I get the little email message sound the old swoosh or whatever the whoosh right and it said you get him he just got invited to the veteran combine so you know I, I went out there and again fortunately for me I was training the entire time because I knew again this I'm giving myself one year from January 1st 2015 you got one year to do it if not you got to do something else right all in all chips on the table went out there and I literally you know went out to Arizona 
the the first day, you know, that the scout said, hey, we've already seen you guys, so we're just going to cut out all the, the bench press and all of the 5 all of the drills. We're just going to do 40 and work out because the guys already seen you. If any of you were any good, you'd be in the league right now. Damn, you could have told us that for paid all this money to get out here. God dang, I had no, you know. I'm like Jesus Christ, right? Um, but wake up and and literally have have a, a you know probably the best day at the office. Um, you know, at, at that point in time, ran a four five one laser forty, uh, and then worked out and and literally at the end had a line of of scouts trying to talk. One of which Tennessee Titans. I was like, y'all better get your asses in the back. Excuse my language. <laughs> Y'all better stay in the back. You had your chance, you know. <laughs> but at that time, I literally went from zero offers to half the NFL. And uh, since then, been active ever since. In turn, went to Detroit for three years, the Jets for two years. And now, you know, you can't beat them, join them. So I'm coming to uh, hang out with you guys and, and get some some real work in. But, uh, man, excited. I think, you know, one of the things initially that I did a – decent job of it was following guys like you jason um guys like d Moore, guys like casey right i remember being a rookie and coming in on tuesday and just seeing casey after going crazy on sunday just running on the treadmill and just thinking like dang this is how this dude's working in november right like body sore it's not even practice squad guys here besides me and one other guy right like so when i do get my opportunity when i do get my chance you know I knew how to operate and how to, as Junior said, be a pro, so to speak. So, so yeah. No, definitely. And you haven't slowed down your same workout that you have in the building on the field uh, and follow suit off the field. Um, you got a chance to go back to uh, UPenn and teach a financial literacy class. Uh, how was that? How did it come about? And do you do you do your own portfolio and all of that when it comes to finances? Yeah. Yeah. So I do do my own portfolio. Um, you know, I, I try I've started venture investing. So trying to get in companies prior to them going public. So I do try to find deals and, and ways into companies like that. Um, but I'd say for so the University of Pennsylvania, obviously, that's my alma mater. Years ago, I was actually so I, I'm in the real estate and years ago, I guess going on five years now maybe six years now, we were doing a drive around Detroit. That's where I first started doing real estate because I could keep my eyes on it being there. And, you know, we're driving around trying to look at where's the next area to pop me and a few players. Um, and one of them says, man, I wish in college we had a class talking about how to buy a house and, and budgeting and credit and all that type of stuff. Man, they should have had that class for athletes. And I'm like, well, that's not just for athletes. Like my mom uses that. I use that. You know, everybody can use that. Right. And so that's what kind of got the, the wheel spinning and then basically, you know, work to try to get. I didn't realize how much of a political process it is at a school to get a class started that to me seemed like a complete no brainer. Right. But like had to work to get it like a real syllabus and and booklet and textbooks and all this stuff, which I knew, you know, I mean, kind of sometimes us as football players, we put in that preparation. But like sometimes it's like, let's get to the game and like we'll we'll make it happen. Right. So um Finally got that class kickstarted. We just finished up our second year of doing it. It's the most popular class on campus. I have a bunch of kids who audit it. Um, and, and literally, I call it Life 101. Uh, we literally, literally just try to cover the constants of life, right? Like out of any, any class, what 
no matter what major you take or, or what, what you major in, excuse me, you're going to use our class, right? Your credit's going to matter. You're going to need to buy or lease a car. You're going to need to rent or purchase a home at some point in your life. And and it's just, to me, it was just kind of crazy that we, we spend all these years in school, from elementary school all the way on up, and we don't talk about this once. Like, that's backwards, right? We know it's coming, you know? <laughs> like, we know the answers to the test, so to speak. And and uh, so, so we've done a, we've had a great time. And one of the things we do as well is like, what a lot of people don't know it's it's a it's a self-esteem class as well it's a self-confidence class it's, it's learning how to pitch yourself how to talk about yourself how to ask your boss for a raise right how to to say you know i know for me personally coming from from penn there's a lot of kids with a gpa much higher than mine however i could still go into an interview room and tell you why i deserve the job over that person right and just being articulate um and finally, we also have high school kids who come into our class. So that that's my test is can if you can teach it to someone else, especially on a high school level, then then now my college students are not only starting to feel what it feels like to give back, but now they also understand, well, hey, if I could teach this senior in high school from Philly, well, I can also teach this stuff to my mom. I can also teach my, my brother how to trade stocks and stuff like that. And so, again, it's for this financial literacy thing is more about encouraging others to share as they go. That's good. And I know you got your foundation. Is that like something you focus on and how has like the times and what we're going through pandemic, um, the George Floyd and the race things, um, how has it helped having that foundation uh, to kind of do and to cope with all these different things? Yeah, man, it's, it's, I'd say, you know, I, I'm sure you guys probably sit back at times and, and think about it. When, when you talk about this pandemic, obviously the world and people are in totally different places. There's times where I literally sit back and just thank God, like, I am where I am now today. Not just, you know, I know somebody's listening to that, like, oh, look at this, you know, that's an ego thing or, or, or something is or looking down. It's not that. It's more of like, I'm thankful that I can be here and have an opportunity to not only take care of myself and my family, but also help other people during this time as well, because um, it's been, I mean, we've all, we've all seen it from whether you're talking about COVID, we've as a foundation, it's Beyond the Basics Inc. is our foundation. We, we try to help kids realize their full potential. We've worked with you guys before, you know, taking kids shopping, right? And that's, that's just putting a smile on somebody's face. That's something that those kids are gonna remember for the rest of their lives. Uh, in, in, in coronavirus, there's a lot of people who are food insecure, right? They don't know where their next meal is going. School is closed. That was two meals a day for some of their kids. So we've done a lot of different things to try to provide groceries for, for, for kids or, or for people, families, elderly, uh, also providing food for the nurses and healthcare workers right there on the line. And then now we're actually initiating, we're, we're hopefully going to be putting about 60,000 in sixty thousand dollars into uh just literally blessing some people at the register in in impoverished neighborhoods and stuff so um so that's you know from a, a COVID 19 you know we've been trying to focus our efforts on the food and then from a financial literacy standpoint teaching people what they can do to manage these times and to hopefully you know, some people have to just tread water and, and survive, right? Some people are just literally, I mean, that's just reality. Um, but there's others who, you know, I think, you know, we led, I led a, a webinar series with the NFL PA 
um, called Money Talks. And and we know that literally years from now, I know there'll be some people who said, hey, I got wealthy coming out of the pandemic, right? And not that it's necessarily about wealth, but, but what opportunities are there for um, the people who are actively looking to change their lives, right? Um, and to profit from the new norm, right? Not necessarily from the pandemic, but just from where society is going because it's going to be here regardless um yeah oh sorry and then in terms of george floyd and 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 you know everything that's going on in the world for me i've been literally trying to just have i mean a bunch of conversations from um lawmakers and former senators and and trying to figure out from a a bill standpoint, what would make sense. But I've also just been taking the time to kind of reflect myself and figure out, I think that there's so many, you know, first and foremost, obviously, God bless him, Rashad Brooks, everyone who's who's had to suffer like this. There's so many issues in this thing, right? And so, you know, I think that for me, I'm trying to sit back and figure out where all the potential issues are and then let's shine light on those. And I think people are doing a great job, police reform. But again, that's, that's, that's an amazing thing. It should be done. It's one issue, right? Cause there's also, you know, people are trying to figure out, I know you guys as well, like we're trying to work on the system, right? I'm working on a piece right now called the system isn't broken, right? Like I, we've had a conversation about it before, right? The system is working the exact way, they want it to work, right? Like it was intended to work. And, and so for me, it's not necessarily, what are ways to get creative and, and not necessarily try to change something that was constructed when my grandparent, my grandfather who played 11 years in the NFL, he was less than a human being when he was born, you know? <laughs> like that. that is, let, let's figure out ways to attack that. And then there's also, I mean, you know, another thing that I'm, I'm not sure we've talked about, the media man i think personally this i think is police reform i think it's systemic and and recreating the system and then i also think it's the media i think it's three different pillars um uh, because there is you know you see the, the kids the the black and white kid hugging each other and you know people talk about racism is taught it's not you know you're not born like that right and so what eventually gets a young kid to start to look at a black kid as a threat because then that young kid eventually becomes a police officer and has a gun. And now, you know, those things mm -hmm. have to, you know, they, they, all of that stuff plays out. So I've actually watched some things. I usually don't even watch certain, <laughs> certain channels and stuff, but I've like literally watched certain things and I've flipped between CNN and Fox and it been like, how did the same input get two totally different it's outputs like that? <laughs> right. And depending on what you're watching, depends on what you take mm -hmm. from it who's right, who's wrong. And, and so, you know, all of these things play on each other and create what our reality is today. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing all of us kind of work together in our wheelhouses to, to make change, make it Definitely, right. Definitely, man. Hey, we appreciate you coming by. We're excited to share the field in the locker room with you. Uh, obviously our defense got a lot smarter uh, when you joined the team. Uh, we look forward. I mean, you're, I got a chance to be around you uh, in Tennessee. You bring a lot to our locker room, so I'm excited to have you uh, whenever it is that we're allowed to be back in the locker room. So, 
Yeah, I agree. We need we need as many smart players as possible dealing with guys like J Mac who lost his whole career. So hey, we did the same thing. <laughs> look, look. You know, we see what you pick. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I appreciate y'all, man. Y'all take care and keep shining the light on on, on the world, Definitely man. Appreciate you, bro. Yeah. You too, man. All right. Hey, I tell you, man. I, I, the people I know, man. When I bring a guest on here, man, they're impressive, man. You just you gotta you gotta keep up, you know. I mean, that's because you barely bring guests on. All the guests are usually my friends. So like we don't we don't get to see much from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh we got we got a fan. Let's let's I don't know if James is on here yet, but we got we got let's let's start with a fan. Let's bring somebody from backstage. I think we got somebody backstage, Cam's telling me. We've been taking up all the time talking. I had I had two elite guests so far. Marcus, what's up, man? How are you guys? Doing good. How you doing? Uh, you tell me my birthday just passed. Okay, well, happy belated. That's how old? How old did you turn? Uh, Thirty-one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was. It's, yeah. Well, unlike any other birthdays, it was just quite. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah. So. Is that is that a, is that a Julian Edelman or a Drew oh, Bledsoe? Yeah, no, what I, you going with right I now? I got number eleven. Okay. Of the Super Bowl Fifty Three Edelman. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So um. Yeah, um, uh, a question. Um, what was your favorite um, basketball team when you grew up? Uh, my favorite team was the Orlando Magic. I was a big Penny Hardaway fan. He's my favorite player uh, ever. So for me, I was a big Orlando Magic fan. Oh, um, I was a I was a, a fan at a time. I liked Grant Hill. Uh, I always felt like I was a small forward, so I liked Grant Hill. And Scotty Pippen was two of my favorite small forwards back in the nineties. Yeah, um, I was trying to get on on, on the, the the other two uh, you know, double coverage. I just couldn't have the the, the time because I know everything that's going on during this time. You would know. It's all good. When it, whenever you can, whenever you can, you come on. We get you on, man. Even if you got a miss, you can too. So I can't do this. Right here on the fan line. I mean, because I'm not the only one. Yeah. Make sure you make sure you keep watching. James James is backstage right now. So now yo. We're gonna bring we're gonna bring Sweet Feet on for you right now. James is backstage. We're gonna bring we're gonna bring what do you what do you call James in the building? Oh, you either call him Sweet Feet, Tom always call him Sweet Feet. Or you call him James White. You can't call him James. You can't call him just White. It's James White. He's one of those people who you say their whole name. Ever since he was a rookie, he was always James White. Even, like, as a rookie, humble. You know what I mean? There you go. He was humble. He was a star at Wisconsin. He came in, didn't play much as a rookie, but I let him explain that, but he ended up being the guy. Uh, what's up, James? Man, appreciate you coming no problem, on, James. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, no problem, man. How, how has this been, man? Newfound dad, pandemic going on. How's it been? You ain't been able to escape to the facility. You ain't at home in the thick of it. How's it been, man? It's been different, man, but I've been enjoying it. Uh, spending 24 hours with my son, getting to see him grow, you know, him wearing me and my wife out. Uh, each, and every, each and every day, he's getting more and more active. So it's been good, man. Just trying to stay in shape. Just enjoying this extra downtime because, you know, we don't get this much time to spend with our family. So just enjoying that, too. 
no doubt, no doubt about it. Well, let's jump into it, man. Just talking about leadership. Obviously, you've been a captain the last couple of years. Um, how has your role changed all the way back when you were a rookie and you know me inactive some games, played a couple? Like, how has that changed, and how have you grown into uh, a captain? But still, you always had leadership qualities since you walked into the. Oh, it building. changed a lot. You know, rookie year didn't play at all, pretty much, and coming into my second year, I still didn't play until Dion got hurt. And then I finally got my opportunity to play. And at that point, I was just just playing, trying to do my job and execute as an offensive player. But as the years progress and having more and more success, you know, guys in the locker room are going to start looking to you, asking you for advice, things of that nature. So for me, it's just learning to speak up more. As you know, I'm a pretty pretty quiet guy. I don't talk too much. Uh, I only say things unless they need to be said. So I'm constantly learning uh, to speak my mind sometimes because – that's a part where I'm still continually trying to grow. Uh, I feel like I have good things to say, just sometimes can't put the words together. So I'm still trying to work on that. <laughs> now, for you guys that don't know, so James White is like the prime example on offense. If you ever go to Josh, I always, always talk to Josh. And Josh will like, I'm, if I could just get everybody to do what James White does, I tell him something and he does it. Doesn't say work. He just does it. If he makes a mistake one time, never makes it again. So, like, this is like elite conversation right here. Uh, talk about how do you feel like the locker room is going to either be the same or change with like the pandemic, the George Floyd situation, and what we're going through? Um, how people's eyes are now open to race and being black in America. How do you see that affecting the locker? I feel like it'll bring everybody even closer together. Uh, I think everybody be talking about you know, how do you grow up and try to learn more about each and every person. I think in our locker room, we already try and do that, uh, try and learn each other from a personal standpoint and a football standpoint, because you build that trust with one another and it allows each other to play better. So I think things will be better. I think it's opening up everybody's eyes, everybody's speaking their mind, letting each other know how they feel. And I think that's, that's very important. That, I think that's the start of everything. And then Eventually, I mean, everything's not going to change in one day and one month. It's going to take some time. So we got to continue having these conversations, continue talking to the people that we need to talk to. I mean, nobody knows the exact, you know, formula for getting this change to happen. But I think everybody's just trying to poke at the bear and figure out what's the best way to do things. So I think the more we all talk, the more we get to know each other, we can work together. And the more minds, the better. No doubt about it. Uh, obviously, a lot of change going on. Uh, with the offense this year, um, what do you think it'll look like? Obviously, you played with Tom Brady your entire year, I mean, your entire career, and this is what everybody's talking about. Obviously, one of the leaders on the offense. Uh, how how big do you think it is for guys like yourself, Julian, to just kind of beat themselves and continue what has already been done in the past in New England? It's going to be huge. Like I said, I usually don't say anything, and now – I'm one of those guys on the offense. <laughs> I'm going to have to say so. We, got, we don't have that many guys that have played in our offense besides me, Julian, like Brandon Bolden, David Andrews, Marcus Cannon, guys like that. And some of them, they don't talk that much as well. So we're all going to have to speak up, voice our opinions a little bit more, you know, let the younger guys know how we kind of do things as an offense and make sure everybody's on the same page, especially now with having less practice time. I think it's going to be even more important. So, who knows if we're going to have one week, two weeks, a month to get ready for a game. So it's going to be extremely important for all of us to speak up and, you know, be on the same page. No doubt about it. And before we let you go, 
uh, every Friday on IG. We got uh, Friday. Uh, how did that? How did that start? And uh, when are you gonna start handing out Adidas to everybody? <laughs> when I get a new deal with Adidas, I start. <laughs> I'll start well, <laughs> I need to resign Sweetie. He needs. He needs a new deal. Uh, I think it actually started with my my guy, my cousin. He. He posted like his shoes and tag Sweet Feet Friday like a few years back. And then I kind of did it too. Then more and more people started tagging themselves in it, trying to kind of make it kind of cool a little bit, trying to see everybody's kind of shoe collection. I'm trying to build it a little bit more, trying to get, do some giveaways. The more okay. that give, get involved with it. So I'm trying to make it grow and try and give back to some people. I know Dev and I know you guys have plenty of shoes too. So I, I need to see you guys put your shoes on there on Fridays too. <laughs> Jump on, even though I'm in the house, because we still respecting this stay at home. I'm a but speaking of sweet feet, how did you get the nickname Sweet Feet? Like, obviously, running back guy. Did you did, do we know who you murdered on the feet? How did uh, it wasn't anybody specific or anything like that? Um, my senior year of high school, my creative writing teacher, he kind of ran the senior skit. He kind of just blurred out, you know, Sweet Feet, James White. Da, 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 da. I never really used it from from that point on, but once I got to the NFL, I had like a different Twitter handle, and my agency was like, "I think you should change your name." And that was kind of like the first thing that came to mind. Just Sweet Feet, uh, and then everybody kind of liked it, so I just took it and ran with. What was the best player out of St. Thomas? <laughs> Let's go. Ever and then let's go. Who was the best player to come from your four years? Ever, uh, probably Michael Irvin, probably ever. Um, and then for my era, there, this we'll hit up the modest stuff. If it's you, <laughs> say you. We got a lot of guys, it's hard to choose one. Uh, we got guys like Lamarcus Joyner, Giovanni Bernard. Hey, I mean, I'm just I can't pick one, man. <laughs> it's hard, it's hard. For y'all who don't know, him and Gio are like twins. They about the same height, same size. And we played Cincy this year, and they started talking. They even talked the same. <laughs> yeah, we, me and him, that's like a brother, man. So we, we kind of like twins a little bit. And <laughs> hey, no doubt. But, hey, man, we appreciate you. Uh, get back. Go change your diaper or something. Get back. Man, we appreciate you stopping in, bro. And I appreciate y'all having me. Yes, sir. Sweet D, James White in the building. What's up, Kay? Come in, yes, Kay. Come in. He, he hiding now. Now it's not time for you. See what you started? Now that you brought them on the show last week, let's get to some fans. Let's get some some. All right, shh. You can come in. Don't say nothing. Johnny has said, I honestly couldn't say that I was a fan of New England until both of you guys got there. I tried to catch y'all at Rutgers, but never could. Your brother Larry told us, look out. Uh, for the twins, and he ain't never lied. Continue success, brothers. Light it up. Appreciate that, man. Definitely, definitely. Larry's been saying that since he's been talking trash for, for us. So, uh, when you have an older brother that does all your trash talking and believes in you, uh, the way our older brother has our entire lives, uh, he was the one who first got us into football. So, uh, he's been huge for us. We got Nick coming up, uh, next. Uh, this is Lee. You want to show your loose That's too? Kaden. That's Kaden over there. And yeah. yes, I do have a wiggly too. Okay. She has a wiggly. Hey guys. What's up, Nick? How are you doing? Yo, I got my I was just I saw your sweet feet on, so I had to I had to rep. Um, you guys are awesome. It's so great to watch you play. 
Jason, your your breakup, past breakup, Brandon Cooks was my lock screen for like six months. Um, my question is, I'm sure you've probably gotten this a lot. What's your favorite play from your NFL career thus far? Mm. Any play, preseason, regular season, postseason, all the time. Um, I'll go with um, two touchdowns. One got called back. Uh, we were playing Houston. I think this is my third year. And I returned an uh, uh, interception, 87 yards, uh, caught it on one side of the field, cut back all the way across the other side, and literally have a picture of me, Michael Griffin, Altron Burner, and Cortland Finnegan are all jogging into the end zone together, uh, only to turn around and see that there was a flag uh, for all sides, and it got called all the way back. Uh, then I would say a blocked, uh, a, a blocked field goal or messed up uh, uh, operation field goal in Seattle. Uh, that I returned for a touchdown. Those are just uh, cool plays that I was a part of and kind of how both of them, one ends up a touchdown, one gets called back. I just remember being so tired after the uh, 80-something-yard one over uh, Houston. I'll, I'll stay on your format. Play that got called back. Uh, shout out my guy, B. Browner. Uh, oh. We're playing the Chargers, and Browner absolutely kills the tight end with, I mean, a clean hit. And if you ever played on a team with Browner, you know – even though he's a corner, the one thing he wants to do, he wants to hit you. So uh, Browner clears him. I intercept the ball, cut back across the field, and I score a touchdown. Dive in the end zone. Sunday night. And as I'm walking back, I see the flag. I know it's got called back. Phillip Rivers comes up to me, and he was like, you lucky I saw the flag, or else I would have caught you before you got in the end zone. Um, and then my second play, I would say just my kickoff return against the Jets. Um, in 2012, that was so. Um, cool. I remember being nervous, being a returner that year, just because of the wind in New and New England's tough. Um, but that kickoff return and getting it and scoring. Uh, and shout out the kickoff return team. I got everybody uh, uh, gift cards of Ruth Chris stake on me uh, for the touchdown. And uh, Steve got mad at me, Jay Goskowski, because I kept the kicking ball. And he was like, "If you ever score again, bro, don't keep the kicking ball. Then I don't have a kicking ball for the game." So sorry, Steve. <laughs> That's awesome. Appreciate you coming through, Nick. Hey, you guys are great. Devin, I've got a white uh, away jersey of the new ones. I got one of yours coming in on the way. That's my birthday gift this year. Uh, That's jersey number nine. So I'm keeping them going, keeping them going. Thank you for having me, guys. No problem, Appreciate it. Hey, after that kickoff return for a touchdown, did you have any more returns in that game? You just had to go there. Yeah, fumble. Talking about highs and lows, facing adversity. Returns the kick for a touchdown, comes back and fumbles the next one. So, uh, just goes to show. You got to keep it going. Next, we got Josh coming up uh, from Tampa. Um, Matthew said he remembers that hit that got called back. Someone said, now we got to get Sony Michelle on, too. And Nadine, I don't have anyone. I'm in Nashville with limited supplies on everything. Josh Allen, what's up, man? Going on, boys? How we doing? Good. So much. What's up? And I just want to uh, tell you guys how much I admire everything you're doing in the community up there and, you know, everything for the movement that's going on. I follow you guys on, you know, all of your accounts. So just to see what you guys are doing on a, on, you know, a daily basis is just, you know, it's moving, it's powerful. And I just want to make sure you guys are noticed and recognized for that, especially Mr. What was it? The uncornered over there. We got, I saw you in your little tux. It was, it was good. So I'm glad you guys are getting the recognition that you deserve. Appreciate that. Yeah, y'all, y'all weather looked nice over there um, after the event and told them, man, the, the weather looked awesome behind them. 
uh, water and everything. So you're doing all right over there in yeah. Tampa. Yeah, it's nice down here. It's 90 degrees. Hit the beach up for a little bit. You get these crazy rainstorms, though. Just thunder and lightning for like 10 minutes. Now it's beautiful out again. It's crazy. Uh, so you got that going on. But uh, I just want to ask you guys about the preseason potentially being cut down to two games. Um, I know you guys are veterans, so you're not out there playing as many snaps and as many plays um, to kind of get in rhythm and everything like that and, and win a spot on the roster. Um, but how does that affect you as a player, cutting it down? I know the third the season game, you guys usually play longer. Uh, snap count, you know, kind of gets you together, especially with COVID this year, not being able to have that kind of, you know, in-game communication. It's one thing to do at practice, but in a game, uh, to have that communication built upon it, how does that affect you guys, and what do you guys think about that? Yeah, uh, I have two answers for it. I would say a non-COVID answer and then a COVID answer. Uh, my non-COVID answer, uh, I was a six-round draft pick. So for me, whenever people talk about cutting the preseason, preseason games in general, uh, I'm not a fan of it because through those preseason games kind of enabled me to get my opportunity to actually go out there and make the team. Uh, going through COVID is going to be a little bit different. Um, cutting it, I can understand a little bit more because uh, we may need more time just in training camp getting ready for preseason games in general because the lack of time we've had on the field uh, as a team. So uh, that I can understand it now going through this process. The only thing that sucks is we may – go through the template for what comes in the future uh, because monetarily preseason games uh, aren't as good as the regular season games. Exactly. Kind of frozen up. He, 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 that, means, that means he agrees. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was waiting for his response. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was just kind of frozen. It's a new um, but yeah, that was it. I just wanted to pop in, say what's up to you guys. Um, say hello. And uh, make sure everything's going well. And, you know, I'll talk to you guys next week. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Yeah, man. Uh, we got Ben coming up next uh, in Connecticut. You was a little frozen there, but I think you're good now. You you got caught stuck. I'm back. Uh, yeah, see, so you're back now. If you're going to sit here, you got to sit here like, like a normal person. My, my, uh, my computer since my wife came in the room about to bother me. <laughs> hey, hey, Ben, what's up? Not much. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. Yeah, so I was on here last week, um, and Ben Watson was on here, one of my favorite tight ends out there, and he talked about his um, his event he did, I believe, which was today. Did you guys get the chance to go to it? No, I'm in Nashville, so I, I, I came out here yesterday. Um, yeah, I didn't get a chance. To go. Uh, and, Devin, I want to congratulate you on your uh, thing from Uncornered. Uh, I watched the uh, the video and it sounded like uh, everybody got the chance to, uh, you know, congratulate you, whether it was a former player or current player. So um, congrats on that honor. Appreciate it, man. It was awesome. Uh, I did not know that the event was going to go like that. I thought it was a regular fundraiser mm -hmm. that I would be on for a good amount of time. I was not expecting uh, to see so many guys, but it was uh, it was a cool honor. Uh, just to to know and see uh, how much those guys mean to me and the impact I've had. Even Bill got a chance to talk, which normally for him, he doesn't talk much. <laughs> Not to you guys. He talks a lot to us. <laughs> yeah.
Oh, I appreciate it, guys. I just want to check in, and I'll see you guys next week. All right, definitely, man. I appreciate it. We got there. I guess your screen had kind of went off. People were saying um, they couldn't see you. Nadine said, will, will, will there be open training camps? Wow, that's a great question. Uh, I don't even know if the league has gotten uh, to the point where they've discussed it. I know just from a league standpoint, they're going to try to do everything they possibly can uh, to give the fans as much access, whether that's they're going to do everything they can to get fans at games, camps, and all of that. It'll just probably be a matter of how everything progresses uh, from a standpoint with uh, Corona. Um, Zach and Westwood is coming up next on the fan line. I think Theo is trying to play peekaboo with you. Yeah, exactly. For babies. There we go. What's up, guys? How you guys doing? Good. Uh, so today, or yeah, sorry. Today, I want to ask you guys, what's like your dream double coverage lineup? Like, if you could have two or three guys to come on, anybody, you know, could be uh old teammate of yours, current teammate, doesn't even have to be a sports player, just anybody at all to be on double coverage. Hey, Zach, what grade are you in? Seven. You ask, you ask some really good questions. Every time you come on here, it's a really good question. Uh, what you got, Deb? I got, I got two people, I would say. What you got, Deb? You got some Hey, hey, Jay. Oh, you got LeBron? LeBron would be my number one. Was that? Um, I would have Jay-Z. Uh, Jay-Z, and I was going to say Barack Obama. Jay-Z. Oh, that would be a really good that would be sick yeah i would say jay-z slash jay that would be sick that would actually be awesome yeah I, I, right. that would be but we are gonna, we are, we are going to try to put in motion with the sbs coming up uh with the muhammad ali humanitarian yeah. award uh gonna try to get kevin love and maya Moore. that would be kevin love on the, i don't know if it's possible cool. yeah we're gonna yep. try we're gonna try to do some big things I appreciate you, Zach. That was a good question. Appreciate it. Yep, thank that. you, guys. Have a good night. You too. You too, man. Kay and Lee, what y'all got, man? Don't come on here and not talk what y'all got, which I want to tell the people. something. Hi. All right, what you want to you want to be remembered? What do you want them to Hi, remember about you? Hi, my name's Liana, and I'm the oldest, and I'm seven. My birthday is... The 14th, December 14th. I said, why are you looking at me? Uh, we got, we got, when's your birthday? Do you know? December 8th. These kids don't even know their birthdays. I do. Uh, we got Johnny, we got Johnny coming up uh, from New York. We'll do another, we'll do one more before we get up out of here. Because my wife hasn't. All right, Lee. You got to think of the message you want everybody to leave. We got today. Johnny coming up next. Johnny, what's happening? Hey, fellas. What's happening? What's happening, y'all? How y'all doing? I have a very important question for both of y'all. You see, I heard rumors, okay? Uh, is your brother Larry, was he as nice as y'all? Uh, if you ask him, that's a, that's a two-part uh, answer. If you ask him, he'll say, yeah. But if you're asking us, no, nah, it wasn't even close. <laughs> yeah. No shot. <laughs> we're, uh, we're both vets. We were up at Montrose together for a while, you know? He's been calling me since the Super Bowl. He he sent me pictures from from uh, the the fifty yard line. I ain't got the call yet, but he's still <laughs> calling. You know, 
But I just wanted to wish y'all continued success. He told us about y'all before y'all ever signed on to Rutgers. You know, we were up in Montrose, New York together. And he's a good dude. Look like yeah. Michael, look like Michael Jordan and sound like DMX, don't he? <laughs> sound just like DMX. That's my boy. Yo, listen, do me a favor. Tell Larry to I, I left him my number on Messenger. See, it was a crew of us. It was eight of us that were really tight. And there's only three of us left. So I just wanted to give him, you know, let yes, him know sir. what's going on. We'll you know? He should be watching, but we'll definitely let him know. We're gonna send him, we're gonna make this a clip, and we're gonna send him this clip. Yeah, and make sure don't don't forget I snitched him out. He <laughs> said he was better than both of y'all. He said he said before y'all went to Rutgers, he said, Yo, watch him, both of them going pro. He said they ain't even in college yet. He should I he said I should have been there with him because I'm better than both of <laughs> them. <laughs> but look, it's 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 an honor to talk to both of y'all. Tell him to call me. Like I said, he's, he's got my number on his messenger. Okay, we'll do. And y'all, yo, I appreciate what y'all doing with the BLM movement and everything else, and everything else y'all doing in your community. I do have to say this though. One last thing: I was not a New England Patriot fan, like I said, until both of y'all got there. You know, a mm-hmm. uh, matter of fact, uh, Devin, I think you were with Tennessee at the time when you scored that touchdown, right? Uh, no, uh, uh, I was in Tennessee. Run back. Yeah. Jay. Oh, you okay? All right, because I, I saw it. I got you. Your time is just hard for me to remember. <laughs> and I'm getting old too. But both of y'all, both of y'all are some bad brothers. I just want y'all continued success. Hey, and, uh, one love. All right. Yes, sir. All right. Take care, man. Yeah. Hello. Hello. We miss you. We miss you. So you are miss you guys in Jersey? No, what message? Put your tongue away. Go ahead, Dad. You got a message to leave everybody with? Um, I'm gonna leave everybody with the message I thought Junior brought tonight. I thought Junior talked about perseverance. He talked about beating adversity, and I thought that one of the biggest things that we continue to talk about was he left here and he's full of hope. And he said he's not done yet. He wants to continue to play, um, and that's something that I believe in fully. It's something that I really heard Ben Watson. Uh, really bring to me, and when he said it, it made sense. Um, talk about hope. So uh, everyone, keep that hope. Stay, uh, stay in it. Stay with it. Pursue anything that you dream about, especially coming off the pandemic. Stop. And what we're going through, don't let that alter your dreams. Yes. Like, like uh, dream big. Break digging low. No, keep your tongue in your mouth. We are. Hey, as always, we appreciate you guys stopping through, listening. Uh, just a reminder, double coverage with the McCordy Twins, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, all of those podcast things. All you guys will go. Make sure you subscribe when you get there. And we'll be back here next week. Make sure you go out and get that fan credit app. You guys want to say bye? Bye. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Yeah.